My name is Steve Hansen. I'm president and CEO and founder of Acme Lithium. Uh, we're an explorer and developer focused on specifically North American lithium projects. Uh, I founded Acme Lithium about two and a half years ago with the belief that really it's a generational opportunity for investors um, driven by this incredible demand for this commodity called lithium. Uh, hybrids, EVs, we use lithium batteries in our, in our daily lives. There are cell phones and laptops. And, um, and really one of the biggest areas of growth is in grid storage. So I assembled a package of, of properties and their location is very important. Rocks do stop and start, but uh, a location next to existing production is really important. And there's not many places where lithium is currently produced in North America. So we have a brine project in really one of the epicenters of development in the US in Clayton Valley uh, that we're actively exploring. In fact, we're in the midst of a pump test right now at that project. I have a sedimentary claystone project next to Ioneer, a project that's about to go into construction in the first quarter of 2024. Uh, we're the largest landholder just south of the Tanko mine, uh, lithium cesium tantalum mine in southeastern Manitoba. And we've got a large land package in northern Saskatchewan. So we're well positioned to grow in this uh, in this market and um, looking forward to delivering on some milestones in the next quarter or two. Yeah, hi, uh, Robin Dunbar. I'm the president and CEO of uh, Grid Metals. And uh, we're a lithium uh, explorer and developer located in the province of Manitoba. And uh, our investment thesis is that, uh, you know, we're looking to advance our project into production uh, and be one of the next lithium um, mines in production in North America. We have just outlined uh, initial uh, hard rock resource, and we signed uh, two agreements uh, to look at uh, toll milling and uh, acquiring our own uh, processing facility uh, within trucking distance to site. And we're currently uh, in permitting and uh, development of, of those projects with uh, hoping to get in production in late 2024, early 2025. I'm Jeff Wilson. I'm the president and CEO of Eureka Lithium Corp. Uh, we are a relatively newly formed and founded uh, lithium-focused exploration company. Uh, we sort of base the company's uh, formation on um, an alignment with a well-renowned um, prospector named Sean Ryan, who's quite famous for his gold prospecting in the past. We partnered with Sean based on his thesis that there were some quite compelling uh, and yet underexplored lithium prospects in the northern part of Quebec, so removed from where much of the action in southwestern Quebec is currently happening, uh, based off of historic government lake sediment sampling that had been uh, known for quite a while, quite an extensive database. And uh, through Sean and, and uh, a collaboration with Eureka, we were able to pull together a significant land package in northern Quebec. Uh, we've completed a $6.7 million financing and uh, engaged this summer with Ground Truth, Ground Truth Exploration to commence uh, a quite an extensive field program of early stage prospecting, sampling, and target delineation in northern Quebec. Uh, guys, thanks very much for that intro. Look, um, we've seen a lot of excitement out there at, uh, at the moment. We've also seen a lot of value created. Lithium pegmatite seems to be flavor of the month. Some companies are have grown in value tremendously. How do companies like yourselves take advantage of that? Do you, is it really a case of business as, as usual? I mean, Steve, how are you approaching it? Well, I think we've seen um, sort of these waves uh, from this cycle that have gone on. We saw an initial wave in lithium back in sort of 18, 19, 20, and then, and then there was a bit of a softness in the market. And then we've seen this incredible wave that happened uh, over the last year and a half, and then, and then things have kind of pulled back. 
uh, partly, you know, in the junior market, I think it has to do with that a lot of companies, um, um, you know, there's many more companies now in the lithium sector than there were certainly when I started Acme Lithium. Um, and so I think, you know, with, with um, a crowded sector here right now, it's really about delivering on fundamentals at this point. I think investors are looking at um, when are you going to go into production? Um, when are you going to have a resource? Um, you know, you it's success with the drill bit, like uh, like we all know here. And, um, you know, so I think that you really have to deliver on your fundamentals. And that's certainly what Acme is focused on in the near term. And Robin, you, you, you've definitely taken advantage of, of this because you've kind of segued a bit, haven't you? Yeah, we segued. We, you know, we had uh, our lithium tenements next to our, our nickel project in Manitoba, and uh, we acquired the, the rights back in 2017. So really before um, the lithium frenzy got going. And, you know, we knew that there was some inherent value there. And, you know, we did not uh, commence uh, serious exploration until we felt that the fundamentals were there. You know, in terms of the, the opportunity, we think that, you know, obviously with the EV adoption rates in North America and um, there's, a, there's a kind of generational opportunity here that, that's going to unfold unevenly over the next, you know, five, 10 years. And, you know, we take, um, you know, some, uh, you know, stock in the fact that some of the, you know, smartest minds in the, in, in the mining business, the Glencores, Rio Tintos, they're, they're moving into lithium as well. So it's not just the juniors. Um, and, 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 you know, but then you get into, uh, with a really favorable backdrop, you know, what is your project and, you know, what's your timeline to production? And, and, and again, are, are you going to have a, a, you know, a mining project? So that's really the, 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 you know, the focus that we have is, you know, can we at some point start, you know, making some money because there's, there's great margins to be made in, in, in the sector. And, and Jeff, for you, obviously, new kid on the block, really. You've, you've obviously, well, I know you through Percept State Gold, but um, you, well, you, did you stake this? How did you get this, um, deal? this we, we, we did this, it was staked by Sean Ryan, but we then aligned with Sean and his group to, uh, to bend these into, um, into Eureka. Right. So the question is obviously timing. In fact, I had a conversation. I want to say this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro battery metals, pro, pro lithium. Um, but what we're seeing out there is, is quite incredible. There will be the usual fun and games played here. But I was having a conversation with one of the analysts this morning, and, and I used the line, well, who can blame CEOs for taking advantage of whatever they can after two years of a very difficult market? Do you, would, you, would you argue the case, Jeff, that, look, right, it's, it's about whatever it takes to kind of you know, stay above water and be able to raise money, cheaper money at that, yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, in our business, certainly it is, you know, in the junior and the more junior you go, the more likely this is to happen. That's always been the case in our business where, you know, people are sort of chasing where there's access to capital because you can't do any meaningful work if you don't have cash in the till. So, I mean, that's it's it's a product of the industry we, we work in. I think in this case, however, I do think you want to make sure that, um, oh, this is my own opinion, you know, that, that, that the, if there is a pivot here, that it's it's on the basis of people that know what they're doing, um, that have some experience in the sector, uh, good geological minds behind this, um, and also you know where are you looking? I mean, we made a uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but we made a concerted uh, effort and decision to sort of differentiate ourselves a little bit. And again, recognizing that you mentioned new kid on the block a little bit later to the game, Eureka is not you know 2017 2018. This is relatively recent for us. 
So the thesis was, where do we go that isn't just sort of picking up a postage stamp next to where everybody else is, and this just happens to be some available ground in the right area? We looked, you know, quite globally at, you know, where do we see the right geological characteristics? And this is really credit to Sean, not so much myself, but, you know, where do we see the right geological uh, affinities? Where do we see the right, you know, geo geochemistry, geophysics, structural controls, environments where these kinds of deposits could exist? Uh, and then you factor in with that, and this is a big part of it, I think, as well, you know, geopolitically, where do you want to be? And, um, you know, we are certainly seeing trade relations getting more and more strained around the world. And so, you know, if you want to find these things to feed this supply, you know, where do you want to be? Do you want to have the fear of, of nationalization or, you know, trade relations? So, you know, we were able to target an area of northern Quebec where mining has existed. In fact, one of the largest nickel mines in the world is, is up there in Raglan. Um, you know, there's a deep sea port, you know, there's, there's some infrastructure, but by being a first mover into a region, you're able to pick up large land packages and pick up what you believe to be the most prospective land. And that gives you, we think, a better shot at success because we all know that, you know, there's going to be misses before there are hits in the exploration sector. And so being a bit of a first mover with large land packages in the right area for us was the differentiating factor. And, and on the basis of the fact that it was coming from a, a well-known, uh, I think well-regarded prospector that, that uh, was sort of hanging his hat on the potential of these prospects. Okay, and so Steve, if I look at you, obviously you're in the right location. You're, you're in obviously, um, uh, you know, you've got Clayton, Clayton Valley and, and Fish Lake down in Nevada, but you're also up there in Manitoba, right? So there's, there's, you, you're in the right jurisdiction. But when you're looking around at the market like this, um, it, do you feel like you're sort of almost incentivized to be more promotional? Or do you do what you say? You said it earlier. You've got to be based on the fundamentals here. You know, I want to do things the right way. So have you, have you found yourself slightly torn or looking around and going, what on earth is happening out there? How do I, how do I take advantage of it? Well, we're competing for capital. I mean, that's the, the nature of it. And uh, the company that's most understood and, and communicates well um, and, and meets milestones on time, I mean, they're the ones that are going to attract, attract capital. And so there's a fine balance between, um, you know, managing those strategies. Uh, certainly part of being on the panel here is to educate and introduce companies like ours uh, to investors. Um, you know, we have a fairly large portfolio. And, and so the challenge for us today is how do we, how do we uh, um, divide up capital to ensure that we can advance, you know, those projects? Um, you know, we spent a lot of time looking at many, many projects throughout North America. We've been pretty strategic about where we focused uh, our energy. But, you know, in a tighter capital market, we're, we're going to have to be, you know, a sharpshooter as to how and where we spend money. Um, we've got two active exploration programs ongoing right now. Much like Jeff, um, we were first mover into northern Saskatchewan, um, focusing on pegmatites in that region. And since uh, we took on a very large land position in northern Saskatchewan, there's about eight or nine other companies that have state ground in and around us. And that really says a lot about what's going on in this in this industry. I'll have field work there starting here in the next week to 10 days. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're continuing to, to be very careful about how we, we spend our money and um, hopefully we can advance our projects in the U.S. and in Canada and deliver for our shareholders. Right. And, and so I've got to come to you, Robin. Um, we, we've seen stories, especially this week, uh, Azura Minerals. They used to be chasing silver in Mexico. Then it, they, 
segue to nickel in Western Australia. And only a year ago, started looking at lithium, just turned down a humongous offer um, to take take them out. You know, stock has gone from 20 cents nine months ago through to $2.90. When you see companies do that, I, I can't blame you for you know, doing what you're doing. You've got to do what's relevant, what the market wants, don't you? But how do you get that balance between not being seen to flip-flop from one thing, one thematic to the next and, and not actually getting in anything over the line? I mean, how, how do you manage that balance? Well, I think you have to look at the facts on the table and, and, and where you are and, and, and make an honest appraisal of, you know, the opportunities ahead. So, you know, if you look at, you know, some of the advantages of, of, of uh, lithium, you know, exploration development, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that are attractive. It's, you know, the price is extremely high. Um, you know, it's not actually a very, you know, rare mineral. It, it can be found in many places. And so, you know, if you have a resource, uh, you know, in our, our uh, assessment is okay. Well, do we have a realistic chance of getting this project to uh, um, production without you know diluting our shareholders and taking ten years? Right. So, you know, we we've been doing some research. You know, if you, the companies that have gone from exploration and development, you know, their market caps have gone up. You know, ten times or sorry, a hundred times, and you know, on average. But what happens is the the companies issue ten times more you know shares, so you get a ten a ten bagger, right? So you know we actually think that we can get you know to meaningful production that would you know justify a, a much much higher market cap, and do that without ex, um, you know excessive dilution to our shareholders. So that is a it's it's an opportunity that doesn't come along very often in any metal. And so, you know, that's the determination as we think we can make a big return for our shareholders by executing over the next, you know, 24 to 36 months, not 10 years. So, you know, we think it's a tremendous opportunity and, and that's why we're pursuing it. So um, I think the market is, is, is now for projects like ours in a show me mode. Okay. Show us what you got, show us you're delivering, but, you know, we're convinced that if we can execute, um, you know, we're going to make big returns for our shareholders. Okay, and and Jeff, I'm just on. And by the way, guys, do feel free free to kind of build on whatever what each other says, and you don't have to wait for questions from me. I think most people are here to listen to you guys, not me. That's for sure. Um, so, so Jeff, with you, you've started with a kind of big marketing push. You kind of wanted to get noticed, you know, put, put your head up, get get noticed. But you've got to then tell that story. So, so for you, North American story. What do you think is important for lithium explorers? in terms of actually being able to create value for shareholders and actually move the company forward. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no question that, you know, you, you need to sort of, uh, you know, delegate uh, some, some capital towards making sure that your story is being heard. Um, we're certainly cognizant of that. Um, you know, we're helped a little bit by the fact that, you know, the region where we're, where we're working um, and this speaks a little bit to something that, that Robin said earlier about majors coming into this space. And we think, you know, uh, sort of, the, the longevity of this potential uh, market or, or, or run, if you will, in this commodity. Um, you know, in the region where we're working, there's a private company. This is not particularly well known, but, you know, we've sort of made a bit of a point of, of showcasing it that uh, it's called Cobalt Metals. And it's, it's, it's raised, it's private company that's recently raised $200 million US uh, for sort of critical metal and battery metal exploration. And, and uh, it's backed by the likes of Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and Richard Branson as major shareholders of this. And they're actively exploring in the neighborhood that, that we're working in for nickel. But, you know, to me, it's, it's an indication that, you know, um, the, the need for this supply 
and and the recognition from generalists you know there's no question that the, the need for this commodity is 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 well known you know uh throughout the population whether you're a mining investor or not and so for us i think part of the the upside or, or the potential uh, strategy here is, is again, as an early exploration story, is less about production and more about, you know, identifying the kinds of concentrations and, and scale of a deposit that would attract some of these big players that are, we believe, waiting in the wings uh, to secure this kind of supply in safe jurisdictions where they believe they can put an operation into production. So. Uh, again, I think that's critical is, you know, are you going to find, as Robin said, it, you know, this is stuff, this stuff's out there, but, you know, you're going to find enough of it, a concentration uh, of it that is attractive enough to a mid-tier or major company to want to come and take you out. Yeah, I've noticed like the, the, the kind of rules in investing in this space for the, certainly for the last two years seem to have changed. So, you know, if you look at, look at the, gold, the gold market in moments like this, they, they should be flying, but they're not. Um, do you think that the investing uh, community is changing too. You, with you guys, you've got a lot of EV um, narrative going on. You've got uh, automotive companies, battery manufacturers moving, uh, you know, upstream as it were. Is that going to be, how do you, again, coming back to how do you take advantage or how do you change your thinking around how you build a company? I mean, Steve, you must be looking to new sources of income and not, being completely reliant on the market, especially when it's been like this for a while. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on where the money's coming from in the future for battery metal companies? Well, good point, Matthew. You know, with a portfolio, you know, and I've certainly messaged this to our shareholders and new investors is that, you know, we, I don't have to own 100% of every project. And so, you know, one of the ways that we can um, have capital deployed at our projects is to joint venture, to, to option, uh, for an earn-in um, to partner in some way in our projects. So, so we're actively looking at those opportunities. Again, with good projects in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and two in Nevada, you know, those are opportunities that are non-dilutive to our shareholders. So, you know, we're going to continue to need to access capital. That's the nature of our business. But there are other ways that we can certainly grow our business uh, in partnership. And the other point I want to mention, too, is what's, you know, with this, um, generational opportunity that is is happening here. We're seeing technology changes that are really interesting too. We're seeing new technology in, on the geophysics side and the processing side um, and in a variety of areas that I think are going to be shifting uh, efficiencies and, uh, and create opportunities for, for companies too. So what I've seen certainly from our shareholder base is I've seen investors, younger investors investing in lithium stocks that have never invested in in commodities before. Um, and it's being driven because they were maybe buying Tesla or they were uh, interested in technology, you know. So, you know, we're seeing um, uh, a younger investor investing in particular battery metals as they as they search for opportunities. So that's what's really interesting about this, this space that we're in right now. We're not seeing the traditional commodity investor uh, alone um, deploying capital. We're seeing new investors coming in that maybe f follow technology um, or, or uh, the auto manufacturers and uh, are finding lithium companies as an opportunity. If I can just chime in on that, I mean, I think, you know, what I've really noticed, and I'm sure all three of us have exposure to, to other sectors of, of, you know, the, the mining and metal space. And what, what I'm seeing that's really a game changer in our sector 
again, it's it's slow, and so it's it's not it hasn't happened overnight. And and maybe maybe I'm I'm being a little bit hopeful. But what I see here to to add on to Steve's point is that that younger demographic that that understands and recognizes why we need this commodity because it fuels a desire that they have for a cleaner, more uh, energy efficient world. And there's a there's a slow, albeit slow, but there is a tie-in to that with where this stuff comes from and mining. You know, when you're hearing Elon Musk and 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 other uh, you know well-known um, billionaires talking about the need for this commodity and getting into the mining sector to secure that supply, it I, I feel as if it is it is gradually creating a, a a new understanding of of the importance of mining in our world, and whether that. You know, I, I have to think that that could trickle its way into the base metal sector and the precious metal sector in terms of, hey, mining isn't necessarily the bad guy here. They're actually out supplying something that we need to live the kind of lives we want to need. And, and lithium has really been, you know, cobalt caught a, a bit of attention for that, maybe some other commodities. But lithium has really been that catalyst for where does this stuff come from? And if we want it, what do we need to happen? We need people out exploring and we need people mining. And uh, I think that's good for our sector across the board and has the potential to drive new new capital into the sector that's never been here before. It does. It does. But I just wonder, and I've asked this question of a few CEOs, and I get some quite interesting answers, which is, um, if you were starting a company out today, would you prefer to keep it private or would you go public? I mean, Robin, what would you do? I'd go public. I mean, you know, the, the the amount of money that you're looking at raising is 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 significant, and you know, the public markets, in my view, are still operating if you have good projects. Um, you know, there's there's sources of capital for, um, you know, lithium projects, such you know that will come from you know streams of offtake if if the uh, downstream users see that there's uh, you know product coming that you can market and sell them, and the, the very significant amount of money. There's you know royalty streams. Um, there's, you know, larger companies looking for joint ventures. So there's, there's, there's ways of financing your project. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, but if you have a really good project, you, you know, probably want to keep as much as you can. Um, and, you know, I, I look at it for, you know, investors looking at this market, you, you're going to, you're going to have a company that's going to get taken out. That's one way of making your, you know, your, your score. And, and the other way is if your company goes into production, that's, that's, that's the two main, you know, ways of, of, of having a successful investment in this business. So you either want to invest in a company that's got a world-class size resource or a company that's going to start making some money sooner than later. And, and, and I think you need to judge your investments, you know, based on that, you know, what, where is this company on the development cycle? How, how is it going to make me money? And in the not too distant future, and, and there's different ways of doing it. So, you know, earlier stage companies are, you know, completely credible, but, you know, more more advanced stage companies, you know, can can be just as, as successful. So, but the, but they're all being kind of penalized the same way, aren't they? In terms of exp exploration, development, and production companies are all being devalued by the, the, the market in the same way, even though the very different risk profiles um, in, involved there, um, which, which which is interesting. But the other thing, the thing, I'm not quite sure who, who said it earlier. I think it might have been Steve talking about, um, and you've you just said it as well, Robin, with regards to getting into money, getting into money sooner. So getting into money, let's be clear about what we mean here. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean getting into production sooner. It might mean it might mean some kind of um, an event 
which may allow the shareholders to monetize their their investment to date. But do you think that, and Jeff, one for you, do you think that people, because if I think of the Canadian market compared to the Aussie market, it's always been a case of drill, drill, drill to the edge of the envelope, and we'll just see how big we can make this thing, and someone will come and take us out at some point, right, along that process. But we never don't have the responsibility or the effort of having to raise the cap, the cap, the capex, actually get this into production ourselves. That seems to be changing, or that mentality seems to be changing. Are, are you seeing that, or, was, or am I wrong? Um, yeah, no, I, I think that, again, it, the, the market cycles change, you know, sort of all the time, whether it's, you know, risk on, risk off. And, and, and so I think, you know, corporately, you sort of have to have um, a bit of a, a, you know, you need to be dynamic, but at the same time, you need to have a, a, a general philosophy. I mean, to Robin's point, you know, who do you want to be and what are you ultimately proposing as, you know, your value proposition to investors? And, and, and I also think that, as Steve touched on earlier, you know, we go through these pockets of time in the market like we've sort of been in the last 12 to 18 months here where access to capital is challenged. And so I think having, um, you know, a little diversity, uh, pot potentially having, as Steve mentioned, you know, uh, um, you know, joint venture partners or being potentially being able to figure out, you know, what assets for your company um, justify, you know, ongoing capital uh, and budgeting versus, look, this doesn't quite cut the mustard for us. And so, you you know, I think you need to sort of stay focused on where assets continue to, you know, check the boxes. Otherwise, you know, you get too distracted and, and maybe you're carrying things that you shouldn't. So I think money is certainly there in, in this sector anytime, good markets and bad. It just, it becomes much more selective in challenging markets. And that's where things like management and the quality of the asset or perhaps the stage of the asset become more critical. Um, and I think that's where you want to, you know, as an investor, you want to align with groups that are going to be there through good and bad markets and, and, and projects that can survive through, you know, marginal uh, downturns in, in any sector uh, and be in that top percentile that are going to be there through, you know, bull markets or, or, or not. Right, but, but how, do, how do you guys trying to paint the picture for those funders, whoever they may be, maybe from capital markets uh, initially, so it would be, be from the equity raised through, through issuing shares initially, but you, you're sitting operating in a market where the Chinese represent 56% of the EV battery market, Koreans represent 25, 26%, Japanese 10%. These, they're, they're, Asia is a very important part of this, but you've got the US, North America trying to build its own critical um, mental security, but yet you guys aren't getting the incentives or um, or, or the, the capital access that you're going to need to actually move these things forward. You're the lifeblood of, of uh, lithium producers or, or will be at some point, one hopes. So what what do you do now in terms of the way that you shape and mold your company to kind of, you know, encourage North American investment? I mean, Steve, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen slowly a shift that's changing uh, from a policy standpoint and from from a government regulation standpoint and, and from an investment standpoint. I mean, a lot of the focus from a media standpoint and certainly from a, an investment standpoint and policy standpoint has been on the downstream side. I mean, we're seeing battery factories being built in Canada, in the United States. Uh, we're finally starting to see investment in in processing. But I think that you know, from a government standpoint, it, you know, they like to cut ribbons at battery factories, but cutting a ribbon at a mine isn't as, as necessarily 
as in, as interesting or you know um, uh, in the past. But that's that's changing. We're seeing a shift, obviously, with the Canadian Critical Mineral Strategy that came out in December of 2022. Obviously, with Biden's strategy with the Defense Production Act. Um, the Inflation Reduction Act, and really the white paper on lithium that came out in June of, of 2021, we're seeing a shift in government policy um, that is really starting to focus on uh, the mining and extraction side. And the real, the real key here is that, to put ESG issues at the forefront. Uh, it's not about no impact. It's about low impact. It's trying to do things with best practices. And, and, and frankly, Canada and the U.S. have some of the best practices in the world. And, and some of the strictest rules and regulations. So, you know, I think we're seeing a shift here where finally government is, is in, in at, the, at the community, at the uh, municipal and state and provincial and federal level where they're starting to focus on, on our industry. And But we need more. We need to continue to lobby. We need to continue to educate. And we can need to continue to focus on, on this interest in industry. Um, uh, and I think that shift is, is slowly, gradually happening and, um, hopefully we'll see more of that to come. And Rob, what are the risks to that happening? Well, there's always the market risk and the, you know, the uneven adoption of the, you know, EV technologies and, 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 you know, some of the mines that are coming on the lithium sec sector are quite large. Um, you know, the trends I think are pretty well established for the next 10 years, but it's uneven. So, you know, we've seen that there's, there's troughs in, in, you know, market interest. If I was worried about capital and, and, and the ups and downs of the markets, I would have been out of this business many years ago. You have to have conviction in, the, in that you know where you're going and that you've got a solid game plan and you execute. And, you know, when I wake up in the morning and I, you know, I know what my strategy is going to be for the next couple of years, where I'm trying to go to, I, you know, I want to develop a project and I want to find more, you know, valuable deposits, uh, you know, in the area or, or nearby, you know, that that's something I can go and work, you know, our team can work on, you know, every day. So until that, you know, belief gets shaken, um, you know, we think, you know, by executing, we're going to, we're going to be successful. So that's what it takes. You can't, you can't be, you know, looking at the, the, the direction of the wind every day and, and try to sail, you know, where the wind's saying, you've, you've got to know where you want to go. And, and that's, uh, that's, I think, an important um, distinction of companies that are going to be successful and companies that are just kind of, well, you know, we, we need to do this because that's, that's what the market wants. So I think that's really important. Okay. And, and just tell me this. Again, I'm trying to work out how the problems that you guys solve every day, right? You've got to build companies. You've got to kind of build that share price. That's what you think about every day as do investors. But when you have to do that with the backdrop of a very erratic lithium pricing and a market which is fairly nascent in the shape of EV, you know, um, lithium carbonate prices in the last year were 80, 85,000 down to 20, back up to 30 now. Um, how do investors work out I'm, I'm talking maybe more institutional investors, I, I must admit, and maybe that's not quite relevant to you guys yet, but what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on how the kind of Bay Street and, and bankers think about the lithium market as it stands at the moment? Because Robin just said, you know, some big suppliers, um, big, big producers out there, maybe they just turn the tap on and, and you know, everything, and it's all over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, I uh, as much as I spend a lot of time, you know, speaking with investors and institutional investors, um, in a lot of cases, they're, they're not necessarily substantially smarter than anybody else and and they're as you know uh, affected by trends and 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 momentum as, as anybody else um, and I and I find it you know it's quite interesting sometimes when these commodity prices really start to run of course it, it draws everybody's attention in and okay this is the space that I want to be 
And I think we've seen an interesting correlation here recently where the pull back in the price of lithium has actually sort of potentially been net beneficial to the space in terms of, you know, um, production of, of batteries and EVs and the cost base of how, you know, maybe these things become a little bit more um, realistic in terms of pricing. Because if you've got a commodity that's price is going through the roof, that's a key component of what you're producing, that product is going to be priced out of, out of the average person's range. And so, you know, seeing these things level off to, to a level where, you know, the, the, the price of the commodity is high enough to be valuable and to, to drive people like this group to go out and try to find more of it. Uh, you also want to make sure that it doesn't price itself out and technology, you know, comes along and says, well, that's just way too expensive. Let's go find an alternative. So I think, you know, investors sometimes need to think a little bit about, you know, do you want things to go infinitely higher um, and, and just price the whole thing right out of uh, reality? Or you want to find these ranges, like I feel as if lithium is sort of finding here recently, that are reasonable and that, um, you know, people, manufacturers and users can strategize longer term about, you know, where that price might sit. Would it be nice if the price went higher? Sure. But I think there's a reality here in finding a range, sitting in that range and allowing for longer term planning for the use of that commodity. And I feel like we're, we're sort of there right now. Yeah, I agree with you. A creative, a creative growth every day of the week for me. Um, um, Steve, let's talk about something Robin said. Rob, I asked Robin whether he would he would have considered like maybe going private versus public in a market like this. Um, I'm assuming a similar answer to that. Well, I've been in in the public markets for close to 30 years in in some form, um, whether I've been on a board or an advisor to board or in management and. You know, as Robin mentioned, access to capital, um, in my view, um, uh, is is more robust uh, to the type of investor that we're talking about. I mean, this is a, a fairly speculative uh, investor, especially at the exploration stage. Um, you know, not all companies are going to be successful. And um, and so, you know, we're, we're accessing a wider audience. And so I'm certainly more comfortable on, on the public side. Okay. I have been involved. With Let me ask you that question then. Sure. Okay, so you're on the same team. You and Robin are on the same same team, um, and I suspect Jeff too. Um, so let me ask you this question then. So that means the dependence on retail. Um, I, I think Jeff, you referred to some of these young younger investors coming through. They're having to learn the narrative, the language, the vocabulary, the fun and the games that are played in the space, and work out what good and bad looks like. But uh, so let's go on and let's go on an education process here as we kind of um, r- r- run down the clock here, where. What do they need to know? These new investors, what do they need to know? How do they make money in lithium? Um, I suspect demand drivers around EV is going to be a big part of that. But if you were if you were giving three minutes of, or two or three minutes advice to um, a new retail investor looking at lithium as the, the way to make money, what would you say, um, Steve? Well, I think I think certainly, um, you know, research should be done at a macro level, but then also understanding how the the mineral extraction and mining industry works and understand also this is a a marathon, not a sprint. Right. I mean, these projects take time. Investors have to have uh, some level of of patience here Um, in many cases, um, you know, the upside and certainly having big wins can take 
four, five, six, even seven, seven years. Um, and so there has to be, or, or even longer, there has to be a level of understanding that the, these aren't necessarily quick wins. And I think, you know, that's really important. Um, you know, I think the management's track record is really important. I think taking a look at the, the team that have been built, the technical team, you know, what have they worked on in the past? Have they had success in, in previous in, endeavors? Um, you know, i.e. betting on the jockey. And, um, you know, so, you know, I think jurisdiction now is important too. You know, we're finding lithium all around the world today, but, you know, why is, why is North America um, important today? And I think jurisdiction is important politically. Um, you know, I think we're going to see, you know, the end user uh, here in North America. And so projects here in North America, you know, in many cases, I believe is one of the strongest places for investors to be. Yeah, I think I think I think it's you know the investor has to ask the company, you know, point blank, you know, how, how are you going to make me money, right? What's your plan, and when's it going to happen, right? Is it is it, uh, you know, everybody wants to be, uh, you know, read the press release the next morning that they've hit the, the giant intercept and the stock rockets up, um, you know, that's fairly rare in the business, um, but you can look at. You know, do they have a good exploration package and good good prospects? And you know, how much of the success of the company is riding on the drill bit? How much of the success of the company is in execution of the project? Uh, how good is the is the company in terms of its strategic strategic relationships and 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 really all, all all aspects? So I think the you know if you can explain what it is you're trying to do and when it's going to happen, you give your uh, you know potential shareholders or shareholders you know more comfort that you know, what it is, you know, they can expect in terms of their investment and, and it's a possible outcome. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, to repeat what's been said, I mean, I think it's having a clear mandate, uh, the company, you know, understanding what, what it is you're investing in, uh, what the potential catalyst can be. Um, and, and yeah, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm always um, pleased to receive um, questions, queries, emails, phone calls, from investors who who want updates or who want to ask specific questions, uh, you know, I think the the mass majority of people don't really do that, and I and I think there's nothing wrong with putting it to a CEO or you know the IR person or whatever to say, hey, listen, you know, uh, where are we with you know this situation or that situation? Or you said in your last news release that this was coming, you know, in a month, and it's been three months, and we haven't seen anything yet. Recognizing that, look, in the especially in the exploration sector, like you know. Things take longer than anticipated. There's always some hiccup. And, and so, you know, you've got to give management, you know, a little bit of slack. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, investors need to be proactive about uh, informing themselves through, you know, following on social media, through being on email lists, through communicating directly with management to, to ensure that their investment thesis is still on track. And if it's not on track or there's something significant has changed, um, you know, potentially it's time to move on. So, you know, I think as, as management of public companies, we probably all take it, you know, quite seriously that um, a shareholder, whether they hold a million shares or one, you know, are, are owners of the company and uh, we, we work for them. True, you do. Uh, and all too many people forget that. Look, I'm, I'm going to wrap up here. I'm going to give you a chance, each of you, to, to tell people or um, explain to people why they should be investing in your company specifically. Steve, I'm going to hand that over to you. What, do you. what say you? Great. Well, thanks, Matthew. And thanks, Jeff and Robin, for being on the panel today. Um, Acme Lithium, really, we're focused right now on our flagship project, which is in uh, southwestern 
uh, Nevada and Clayton Valley. And, and what's critical about this is it's a brine project. Uh, we're in the midst of a phase two program right now. We're in the process of completing a pump test, which is probably the most critical milestone we've achieved in the last two years. And really the goal here is to get to a resource. So the whole characterization of this program in understanding the aquifer is we know we've got grade, um, do we have flow? And then ultimately do we have reservoir? So we're gonna know all that here in a very, very short period of time. So this is, this is key for us in getting to our first initial resource. Again, we'll have updates here rolling for the next few weeks. And um, again, we're in the midst and, and end, end of that pump test right now. And uh, we should have more, more information here shortly. So critical milestone coming up, additional work on some of our other projects as well. And we're excited to deliver hopefully this fall. Yeah, for, for Grid Metals, uh, you know, we really started our lithium uh, initiative in, 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 all, in seriousness at the beginning of 2022. So in 18 months, we've an established uh, initial resource. It's a high quality resource, uh, spodumene. Um, we're, uh, we've started our permitting process now for a bulk sample. Uh, we have two milling options that are close. And, you know, we want to make it into the production uh, with, you know, minimal shareholder dilution during the time when, when the lithium prices are extremely high, like they are now, even though they've come off. So, you know, to do that, um, you know, we have a, a, a game plan and we think that uh, if, we, if we're successful, um, you know, we're going to see a, a, a market uh, cap much higher than we have and uh, we'll be making money for our shareholders. So uh, great opportunity for, for, for us at GRID currently. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, um, you know, as you pointed out at the beginning of this, uh, Matt, we're, we're sort of in the early stages here. So as a company that, that was formed in the last 12 months or so, uh, only in the last six to eight months have sort of uh, brought on these assets. Um, you know, we've spent the last several months kind of getting our ducks in a row, quite frankly. We, we, uh, we executed and closed on, on the acquisition to bring the assets in 100%. We closed on a financing in an otherwise pretty challenging market this spring and summer and brought in $6.7 million. Um, and, um, and we've engaged uh, what we think are one of the best uh, contract exploration groups uh, in the business, Ground Truth. And so we've just, you know, in the last month and a half or so here, got boots on the ground. We're going to be um, uh, doing re recon work throughout the entire portfolio. Uh, obviously, a lot of that is, um, you know, mapping, sampling, prospecting, identifying the areas that we think are the most prospective. We're fortunate in this part of Quebec that it's sort of a dry tundra as opposed to some of the southern in western parts of Quebec that are a little bit more swampy and marshy. So lots of rock exposure. Um, we're, we're able to sort of fast track the prospecting program. But to, 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 to my point, you know, having got all of our ducks in a row and being a, a position now where there's boots on the ground, we anticipate assay results, uh, target delineation, uh, advancing uh, what we believe to be the most prospective areas towards drilling. And the hope is that we're, we're, we're prepping up now for a first phase of drilling. Um, at the end of this summer and uh, are hopeful that, you know, there are multiple targets that emerge from this program. So we see lots of news flow coming, all, you know, sort of moving toward a, an eventual drill play that uh, ultimately is what the market and investors kind of want to see. Um, and that's coming later this year. Brilliant. Well, look, guys, I'm Steve Hansen, President and CEO of Acme Lithium, Robin Dunbar, President and CEO of uh, Grid Metals. Um, and Jeff Wilson, CEO of Eureka Lithium. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, we Acme Lithium, Grid Metals, we know their stories well. We think they're well-run companies, good assets. 
have a look um, and uh, maybe, maybe even have a little tickle, folks. Uh, Jeff, you're going to have to come see me after class. This is a new, this is a new one. This is a new one. We need to hear all about it. You've got okay? to put an apple on his desk, Jeff. <laughs> Consider it done. Okay. okay, guys, we'll see you soon. Thank you very much for today.